This is the Behind the Line podcast coming to you from the crazy, chaotic lines of the Pacific Northwest. And this is Pacific Northwest Headline News. King County, Seattle. More problems with drugs. Drugs that they want to continue to try to legalize. The King County Medical Examiner's Office says its morgue is running out of space due to, to store bodies, partly due to a rise in fentanyl-related deaths, according to the Director of Public Health for Seattle and King County. A key indication of just how bad things are at the end of 2022 and likely to get worse in 23, the Medical Examiner's Office is now struggling with the issue of storing bodies because the fentanyl-related death toll continues to climb said the public county's public health director. He said in 2022, 70% of all King County overdose, overdose deaths involved fentanyl. Do you know how many people have died in the Ukraine war since it began? How many Ukrainian soldiers? 100,000 Ukrainian soldiers have died. Do you know how many people in the U.S. died of fentanyl last year? Just over 100,000 people. Why are we continuing to allow this stuff to come across our border? This isn't just a drug problem that our city, county, and state, and national leaders are failing to address, because it's a major problem, and such a small amount of this drug is fatal. But it is a border security issue. And as long as our borders remain wide open, you are going to have this stuff coming across. The only way to stop it is to close our borders or have a secure border and a process for getting into this country. These people caught selling, transporting these drugs need to be dealt with in the harshest manner possible to get them off the streets so they can't continue to do it and to maybe convince other people it's not worth it. It's not worth throwing your life away transporting drugs that are going to get you put away for a long time. This is a war right here in the United States, a drug war, and it's killing thousands, tens of thousands, a hundred thousand people every year, and it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. King County's had at least one overdose death a day this entire month since 2023 started. When are the city leaders going to take a hard look at their policies on drugs and enforcement on drugs? When are state leaders going to take a hard look at the laws and enforcement of drugs? Instead of just letting it all go wide open. It's a free-for-all. These politicians don't take this stuff seriously, and they're not held accountable for the repercussions of their poor 
decisions, their poor policies. This has to change soon. Well, here's some of the best news that Seattle residents could get. Kashama Sawant announced last Thursday she does not intend to run again for Seattle City Council. Sawant, who has served since 2014, announced the launch of Workers Strike Back, a national movement intent on strengthening the working class. Sawant said her party, Socialist Alternative, has won historic victories for workers in Seattle, including the $15 an hour minimum wage, the Amazon tax, and landmark renters' rights. According to Sawant, the demands of workers' strike back include real raises for workers, union jobs for all, fighting racism, sexism, and oppression, affordable housing, and free health care. Sawant, who identifies as a socialist alternative, said the movement is also looking to establish a new party, saying they want no more sellouts. Sawant concludes, while I'm sure the corporate establishment in Seattle will be very happy with the news I'm not running again, they shouldn't rush to mix their martinis just yet, because we are not done here yet. Workers Strike Back is looking for, or demanding, $25 minimum wage, union jobs for all, They also say they need a massive green jobs program that can employ millions of workers in clean energy and prevent climate catastrophe. To succeed, we must take the big energy corporations must take the big energy corporations into democratic public ownership. Because we can't control what we don't own. Hmm. Sounds like communism to me, does it not? She wants all this free stuff. And how is it going to be paid for? Well, it's going to be paid for by you, of course. All you working people. Because they'll tax you. She wants the government to own all these big businesses. All the energy corporations. Healthcare. Because you can't control what you don't own. And she wants to own you. Well, a common theme among liberals is always to take from those who have and give to those who have not. Liberals are renewing their push for state wealth taxes in a host of states. Supporters of taxes on the very rich contend that people are emerging from the COVID-19 pandemic with bigger appetite for what they're calling tax justice. Bills announced Thursday in California, New York, Illinois, Hawaii, Maryland, Minnesota, Washington State, and Connecticut vary in their approaches to hiking taxes, but all revolve around the idea that the richest Americans need to pay more. All of the proposals face questionable pro prospects. Similar legislation has died in state legislatures and Congress, but the new push shows that the political left isn't ready to give up on the populist argument that government can and should be used as a tool for redistributing wealth. Under the pandemic, while people struggled to put food on the table, now why did they struggle? Because of the government, that's why. Because of the lying government and all their little branches who set all kinds of ridiculous rules for all of us working slaves that we had to stay home 
or that we couldn't do this or couldn't do that or these businesses had to close their doors. Yes, that will create struggle. That doesn't mean that some rich guy needs to make up for it at all. In what world do you live in where that sounds right to you? Rich people should definitely have to pay their fair share of taxes. And they should have to pay more than poor people. But they should not have to support poor people or pay some extra taxes just because they're rich. Goes on to say, we saw billionaires double their wealth, said California Assemblymember Alex Lee, a Democrat. Tax Foundation, a conservative-leaning policy organization, calls wealth taxes, which levy taxes not just on new income, but on personal a person's total assets, are economically destructive. It also said in a statement that such taxes create perverse incentives for the rich to avoid taxes, including simply moving to states with a lower tax burden. Very few taxpayers would remit wealth taxes, but many more would pay the price, the group said in a statement. Progressive Democrats, however, argue they are not seeing wealthy taxpayers leaving their states due to higher taxes. Well, that's not true, because California had a huge outflux of people since the pandemic started. California already taxes the wealthy more than most states. The top 1% of earners account for about half of the state's income tax collections. It's ridiculous. But this week, Lee proposed a wealth tax similar to one promoted for years by U.S. Senator Elizabeth Warren, a Massachusetts Democrat. It would impose an annual tax of 1.5% on assets of more than $1 billion and 1% on assets of $50 million or more. The new tax on wealth, not annual income, would affect an estimated 23,000 ultra-millionaire and 160 billionaire households, or the top 0.1% of California households, Lee said. But, of course, that other tax will stay in place because they don't ever take anything away that they impose. You know, most of us will never earn that kind of money so this probably doesn't mean much to most people, but the problem is once they start taking it away from them, it's just going to go down the line. It's going to make its way down to every working person who's already struggling to deal with inflation and everything else the Democrats have caused. You can't afford to have money taken out of your checks to pay for all these people who are sitting on their butts not doing anything or not wanting to work. It's a mistake to lot rely on the government to provide for you when you can provide for yourself. You're giving over too much power and control to the government, putting too much trust and faith in an organization that historically lies not just Democrats, but Republicans too. They lie, lie, lie about everything. And they're always trying to take more. More power, more control, more money. And none of that money comes back to us. They'll throw you a few scraps. But once they get you in that system, you're trapped. This story comes from the Jason Ranch Rants show, and it's about Clyde Shavers, a Washington Democrat recently elected, who lied about his military service. 
And now Democrats have given him a seat on a veterans committee in the House. Shavers, a Democrat representing the 10th Legislative District, narrowly defeated the Republican incumbent state senator after news broke that he fabricated his military history on his campaign website. Shavers claimed to have served for more than eight years. He served as a nuclear submarine officer and public affairs officer with tours in the Middle East and Southeast Asia. But he didn't serve eight minutes on a nuclear submarine. The Democrats' father, who outed the deceit in a public letter, said his son only passed one of three courses required to qualify as a nuclear submarine officer. After completing the first course, he transitioned to a public affairs role. But the lie was outed too late in the campaign, allowing the first-time candidate to eke out a victory. Through the controversy, Craven, Washington State Democrats backed Shavers. They wanted the seat, and now they're trolling voters by seating him on the House Innovation Community and Economic Development and Veterans Committee. Shavers should have turned this down, but when you lie about your service, you have no shame. Democrat leadership made this appointment to say they can get away with anything in Washington. They have that much power. And they seem to be right. So Shavers did serve in the military for eight years, but never as a nuclear submarine officer. And to anybody that served in the military, that's a slap in the face. That's stolen valor. That's actually a crime. You know, and this goes right along with George Santos, the representative in New York who was just elected, who also lied about military service, college degrees, where he's worked, pretty much everything. And yet, here he is, still in office. People already don't trust the government as it is, and then you have these people who blatantly lie about themselves and their experience and their education. And it's allowed to go. They're, they are allowed to remain in office. If you did this at a job that you applied for and were found out, you would be fired from that job. They, their position in politics is their job. Why are they allowed to continue working when they are blatant liars? There's already distrust of the government, of politicians. And here you have two characters like this, and I'm sure many, many more. And yet, it's allowed to go. And the Democrats now in Washington, D.C. are trying to pass a law that will require political candidates to certify their education and experience before running for office. Which, why wasn't this done before? That's ridiculous. I spoke to Representative Jim Walsh from Aberdeen, Republican, here in Washington, uh, over a text message and asked him if Washington State had any laws in place to require certification of education and experience. And he said, no, we don't have anything in Washington and that they're working on something like that now. And I just, I can't believe 
that this isn't required. Any job like this in local uh, or even state government, you know, a, a regular job that somebody would have, there would be a background check done and this stuff would be verified. But to go to work for the state government directly as a politician, no background check, no certification of information or anything, oh, I just don't, I don't get it. But you know what? Stolen valor in the state of Washington is a crime. Under the RCW Chapter 9.30, Crimes Relating to Public Officers, 9.30.030, Stolen Valor. It is, it shall be unlawful for any person to fraudulently hold oneself out to be a recipient of a military medal or decoration described in 18 U.S.C. Section 704 with the intent to obtain money, property, or other tangible benefits. Persons violating the statute shall be guilty of a gross misdemeanor. Well... If he's claiming to be an officer, then he would have a military medal or decoration for that, especially serving as a submarine officer during a war. That guy should be charged with the crime and removed from office, as should the Republican from New York. It's a slap in the face to U.S. military personnel. It's a slap in the face to the taxpayers of the state of Washington and it should be dealt with. What kind of pathetic person has to make up lies like this about himself to be elected to office? This story comes from KGW in Portland, Oregon. Multiple regional FBI offices, including the one in Portland, have begun offering a $25,000 reward for information as part of a nationwide investigation into series of arson and vandalism incidents at reproductive health care centers last year. Three of the ten incidents were in Oregon. The other seven targeted facilities were in Colorado, California, Washington, Tennessee, North Carolina, New York, and Wisconsin. According to a national FBI news release, the incidents all occurred between March and July of 2022, with a majority in June. The first Oregon incident was at the Oregon Right to Life building in Kaiser, according to a news release from the Portland FBI office. On the night of May 8th, police received reports of someone throwing multiple Molotov cocktails at the building. The next was June 10th at the Gresham Pregnancy Resource Center. Police responded to an alarm in the early morning hours and found a fire inside the building. Investigators believe it was also ignited by Molotov cocktails thrown through a kitchen window. The third incident was an arson and vandalism attack at the front entrance to the Mother and Child Education Center in Portland between July 4th and 6th, the FBI said. The phrases, if abortion ain't safe, neither are you, J.R., and... Jane's RVVGG were spray-painted on the building. The graffiti was an apparent reference to the Supreme Court decision that overturned Roe v. Wade, stripping away federal constitutional protections for abortion. So you see all this stuff going on with Antifa here in Atlanta, 
or maybe you haven't, but they've been on the rampage again, breaking stuff, burning cars, flipping police cars. I think this is a concerted nationwide effort by Antifa, a domestic terrorist organization, to attack these buildings, even though abortion is still legal. It just lies within the state's powers to decide which it should. When are these people going to be dealt with like the domestic terrorists that they are, instead of just little protesters out doing their First Amendment right? This is, again, the clear double standard the federal government has drawn when it comes to protests and domestic terrorism, depending on what side of the political persuasion you lie on. A new study just released is showing that Oregon ranks ninth highest in the country when it comes to rental prices. The report comes from Forbes Home, which took data from the U.S. Bureau of Economic Analysis and the U.S. Department of Housing and Ur Urban Development. The average rental price in Oregon is $1,284, according to the report. Taking into account the average yearly income from Oregon residents, which was just over $60,000 in 2021, Renters are putting 25% of their paychecks toward rent for their apartment or house. California ranks number two in the country. And I'm sure Washington, which isn't shown, because they only show the top three on this list. I'm sure Washington also is in the top ten. Rent, food energy, all this inflation, and yet they still want to pile these taxes on you. They want you to pay for more and more stuff that they can do with your money. It needs to stop. And it's mostly Democrats that want to take your money. They always need more money to do this and do that and throw money at this and throw money at that. And even though they throw hundreds of millions of dollars at all this stuff that they want, stuff for the homeless, all this green energy crap that California is trying to pull and Oregon and Washington is trying to pull, all this money they throw at these things and nothing changes. In fact, it gets worse. It gets worse and worse and worse. So when are we going to wake up and stop electing these people that just want to tax you into oblivion? Well, we all see the writing on the wall with the economy, and what are you doing to protect yourself going forward? Silver and gold historically have always held their value. This is a good way to hedge your financial security in the future. You can go to Silver Gold Bowl to buy gold, silver, platinum, and other products with over 286,000 five-star reviews this is where I get my silver from silver is the most popular precious metal to invest in as the cost per ounce is dramatically lower than other metals buying silver online is a smarter more reliable way to diversify your financial portfolio 
Additionally, investing in physical silver and gold are the only assets that are completely free of counterparty risk and have historically held their purchasing power. For more information or to purchase your silver or gold, you can visit my website, BehindTheLinePodcast.com, and follow the link to SilverGoldBull.com. Protect your financial future today. So I want to talk about these two mass shootings in California over the last couple days by elderly Chinese men who have, at the dance hall, the guy shot 10, killed 10, wounded 7. And then you've got this one that occurred in Half Moon Bay, also by an elderly Chinese guy who shot people at two mushroom farms. Now, you've also got the California-Taiwanese church shooting that happened a few months ago where the guy tried to kill a bunch of people in a Taiwanese church. Also, he was 68 years old, originally Taiwanese, but had lived in mainland China because the Chinese had uh, won some the Civil War after the Communists prevailed in the Civil War that ended in 1949. Supposedly chose the church at random and didn't know anybody that went there. But I'm just wondering... I did the story about the Chinese police station in New York a while back. The sole purpose of the Chinese quote-unquote police station is to harass Chinese or former Chinese citizens. And, you know, when the media ran this story, apparently China has over 100 of these police stations across the world many of them set up unbeknownst to the host country, which was the case in New York. They have no idea that the Chinese had set this police station up and that they were doing this. And I don't know if it's still operating, but what would be the odds that's the only police station operating in the U.S.? My guess is they've got one in California under the radar, And just to refresh your memory, this is from CNN. Beijing has set up more than 100 so-called overseas police stations across the globe to monitor, harass, and in some cases repatriate Chinese citizens living in exile using bilateral security arrangements struck with countries in Europe and Africa to gain a widespread presence internationally. Madrid-based human rights campaigner Safeguard Defenders says it found evidence China was operating 48 additional police stations abroad since the group first revealed the existence of 54 such stations in September. Its news release, dubbed Patrol and Persuade, focuses on the scale of the network and examines the role that the joint policing initiatives between China and several European nations, including Italy, Croatia, Serbia, and Romania, have played in piloting a wider expansion of Chinese overseas stations than was known until the organization's revelations came out. 
Among the claims leveled by the group that a Chinese citizen was coerced into returning home by operatives working undercover in a Chinese overseas police station in Paris, suburb expressly recruited for that purpose, in addition to an earlier disclosure that two more Chinese exiles had been forcibly returned from Europe, one in Serbia, the other in Spain. Now, the story in New York was that they were harassing a Chinese artist who was making some art related to or against the Chinese Communist Party. And they had actually planned to bomb the art piece or artwork or the place where the art was kept. They were also threatening this person and their family members who were still in China. And a couple other stories had come out about them harassing people in the U.S., Chinese citizens, uh, or former Chinese citizens, and, you know, threatening them and threatening their family members that still lived in the country if they didn't comply with whatever they were asking them to do. And this article goes on to say what we see coming from China is increasing attempts to crack down on dissent everywhere in the world to threaten people, harass people, and make sure that they are fearful enough so that they remain silent or else face being returned to China against their will. It will start with phone calls. They might start to intimidate your relatives back in China to threaten you to do everything really to coax the targets abroad to come back. If that doesn't work, they will co use covert agents abroad. They will send them from Beijing and use methods such as luring and entrapment. So my question is, with all the tensions going on with China right now, especially with Taiwan, is it possible that one of these Chinese police stations targeted these men in California and got them to commit these crimes for whatever reason, to create chaos, to create... I mean, China is always looking to create chaos in the U.S. I mean, honestly, when you look at these shootings that occur in the U.S., do you ever see Asians that commit these shootings, especially older, elderly Asian men? Do you see them going out and committing mass shootings? And now all of a sudden, we've had two in a matter of three days and another one just a few months ago, all in California. There is something to that. That is not coincidence. You've also got the mass shooting that happened over the same period of time as these other two in California, in Oakland, where seven people were shot. Nobody died, I don't... I, maybe one person, yeah, one person died. And I believe it was at a gas station, but they've said nothing about any suspects. They say they don't have any. Or the victims, but... I think there is something to this connection to China and these Chinese police stations, and I think it needs to be looked at. I think this could be a red flag that China is could be ramping up tensions with the U.S. 
with this guerrilla type warfare. You know, you've already got cyber attacks going on, and now are they forcing people to do things within the borders of the U.S. by threatening their family members back home with these illegal Chinese police stations that are set up unbeknownst to the U.S. government? I think there's more to this story, and I don't think the government will be forthcoming about any information if the Chinese government is involved because they won't want to create a panic. I know that they're going to use this as a gun control thing and Governor Newsom's already hot on the trail of doing that, saying the Second Amendment is a suicide pact. But I think a concerted effort needs to be made to locate these Chinese police stations in the United States and remove them. And I think that they need to take a deeper look at why these old men would be suddenly going out and shooting people. You just don't see elderly Asians committing these kind of crimes. So, you know, my experience as an investigator tells me there's something else going on here and we need to take a deeper look at what that is. Well, here's a sad story out of California. A Los Angeles area teenager who ran over a mother walking her child in a stroller in Venice in 2021 and received just a few months of diversionary camp as punishment was gunned down in Palmdale this week, according to Fox News. Christopher Baca, 17, of Palmdale, was found fatally shot on Wednesday on a driveway in the 38th 600 block of 11th Street East, according to Los Angeles County Sheriff. Well, I guess he got what was coming to him, didn't he? This is sickening in many ways, but a boy, a 17-year-old, almost an adult, old enough to know better, old enough to change his gender if he chose to, kills a mother walking her child in a stroller and gets a few months of diversionary camp as punishment. How... How is this possible? Why do Democrats allow this stuff to go on? The case made national headlines last year when Los Angeles County District Attorney George Gascon sought a five to seven month sentence in juvenile probation camp. Punishment for young offenders described as less severe than military school but harsher than summer camp. Gascon's office told Fox News at the time the sentence was an appropriate resolution. The teen was already on felony probation for poisoning a high school girl's drink at the time of the hit and run. 
He was also in a stolen vehicle when this happened. Drugs in the car, marijuana in his system. This is the kind of stuff, this is Democrat policies right here, right in your face at work. When they claim their policies have no effect on crime, this is it. Like, and they can't be held responsible for this. The judge who went along with this, the prosecutor who suggested this, the Democrats in state government who wrote these policies and laws, this kid, this adult, is a danger to society, and yet you keep putting him back on the street to reoffend, to hurt people. This is something we see playing out all over the country, especially here on the West Coast, Washington, Oregon, and and California. These people are just churned through, back on the streets before, you know, before you know it, within hours most times, and recommitting crimes, hurting people, killing people, stealing from people. And the Democrats are writing laws and policies which support this behavior, which don't do anything to stop this behavior, which tie the hands of law enforcement. When will we say enough? When will all these people be held accountable? The offenders, the prosecutors, the judges, and the politicians where it starts. When will these people be held accountable? We need policies that they can be sued for being directly responsible for the loss of these families. Enough is enough of this stuff, and we see it every day. Here's another story that will restore your faith in government. From the Epoch Times, an election integrity group said 10.9 million out of a total of 22.1 million ballots that had been mailed out to registered voters during the 2022 midterm elections were unaccounted for, according to a January 18th report. Mail voting practices have an insurmountable information gap, the Public Interest Legal Information Foundation said on Monday. The public cannot know how many ballots were disregarded, delivered to wrong mailboxes, or even withheld from the proper recipient by someone at the same address. The watchdog released the two-page report detailing what it called the failures of California's first mass mail balloting election, allowing the passage of Assembly Bill 37, which requires that ballots automatically be mailed to all active registered voters statewide. The bill signed into law by Governor Gavin Newsom in September 2021 makes vote-by-mail ballots a practice implemented in the 2020 general election in conjunction with the COVID-19 pandemic permanent for all elections. California has more registered voters than any other state, yet its vote-by-mail policies among the nation's most expansive have resulted in large numbers of ballots disappearing at poll closing time. After counting for polling places votes and rejected ballots in November 2022, there were more than 10 million ballots left outstanding, meaning election officials do not know what happened to them, reads the Wednesday report. It is fair to assume that the bulk of these were ignored or ultimately thrown out by the intended recipients, but under mass elections we can only assume what happened. 
Besides the almost half unaccounted for mail ballots, data shows that 9.8 million were accepted, over 120,000 were rejected, and 1.4 million were, account were counted from in-person voting centers. I mean, if you can't see the problem with this, why you can't get off your lazy ass and go to a polling center and just vote, I don't understand. But this mail-in or anything electronic, we need to go back to the old-fashioned punch ticket voter cards. And yes, of course, even those had some issues, but when you start doing things by electronic, it's going to get hacked. Everything seems to get hacked, no matter how secure it is. And these mail-in ballots that get mailed out and lost or are unaccounted for, this is not acceptable. Half of the ballots are unaccounted for. But we're just supposed to trust all this, trust all these people that lie about everything to do the right thing when it comes to keeping their job in politics or getting laws passed that they want passed. I don't know. You don't see a problem with this? I don't know how it is where you are. In these cities where there seems to be no enforcement of traffic violations, no enforcement of pedestrian violations, crossing the streets wherever and whenever they want to do which I see happen all the time in Seattle. I nearly strike people every single day. And it's not just homeless. It's these entitled city dwellers that think that cars don't belong on the road or something, and they walk right out in front of you and flip you off and act ridiculous. I don't know if it's because people are too stupid to read the walk-don't-walk walk signs or what. But just a couple of headlines from Seattle over the last couple days. Crash involving a Seattle police vehicle leaves woman in critical condition. Marked Seattle police car involved in a collision with pedestrian woman in critical condition. Driver crashes into Seattle fire station after brake failure. This is just in the last two days. You know, when are they going to start enforcing laws? When are they going to start making people obey the laws? It starts with these simple little things and works its way up. These people walking out into traffic just add to the chaos that goes on every day in Seattle with the crazy drivers the crazy pedestrians, the insane homeless people. This is going on in every major city across the country. You know, we had a person murdered in the middle of the afternoon with a hammer, robbed, I'm assuming by a homeless person, while police were right across the street. They couldn't get over there fast enough. They saw the guy with the hammer could not get across the street fast enough, and the guy killed the other person and ran off with his bag. And he was caught. 
The city is claiming they're going to start enforcing parking laws on vehicle dwellers and this, but they won't. And it's just this total package of chaos. Everybody can just do whatever they want. The police aren't allowed to deal with the jaywalkers and the homeless people parking and camping everywhere throughout the city and openly using drugs everywhere throughout the city. You hear nothing but sirens all day long. Sirens, people yelling, crazy people. When are they going to deal with this stuff? It is not peaceful. It is not conducive to having a peaceful life. It's impossible to just go about your business during the day without being messed with in some way or another by some idiot. Do they not understand the importance of creating a somewhat peaceful environment for residents and visitors to the city? These are Democrat policies, again, at work, just allowing everything and anything to go on every day. Of course, these politicians don't know because they don't live in these areas of the city. They live in their nice little secluded neighborhoods, gated communities where this stuff is kept away from them. The rest of us get to deal with it. This needs to change. listening to the Behind the Line podcast. For more, visit BehindTheLinePodcast.com. You can also find us on NetNewsNetwork.net, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Telegram, Gab, Parler, and Truth Social. Please like, share, and subscribe.